If you ever entertained that you weren't a long-lasting or aren't a long-lasting independent separate entity, a body or a like in a hybrid of a mental idea in a body, or maybe they'll throw some spiritual in there called a soul. But basically, the thought system that seems to be navigating us, that seems to be telling us how it is, how it's going to be, how it was, how I am, how I was, how I'm going to be, how you are, how you were, how you're going to be. That, that little narration up there all day, let's say that is hybriding, is sort of... Uh, is an affiliation or identification as the body, as its reference, yeah? So, because it needs something to be to think about. You can't think of yourself as spirit. There would be no... The, the thought system would run out really fast. There's really no way it can capture spirit by thought, yeah? But it can have a lot of thoughts about a body, and a lot of thoughts about a body that had a past, tons of thoughts about that, and a body that's going to be in a future, tons of thoughts about that. Now, if it was just random, any random body, your, your interest and attention probably wouldn't go way back five years ago to think about what's happening to that body if it wasn't yours. Yeah? And you probably would be bored stiff of it's constantly concerned about what's going to happen to a random body that wasn't yours. So it's not the past and the future that attracts the mind. It's that you're in the past yeah, that you were there, and that you will be in the future that attracts the mind, yeah, the conditional mind. And therefore, if anything is about you, you're usually damn interested in it. Yeah. And it's very difficult to separate the you with the interest and attention. So a lot of people are trying to practice how to put their interest and attention other than on themselves, but onto something else. But it's a very uh, tricky system because even, let's say, you're, you're uh, engaged with someone else, that engagement with someone else is usually framed by you being engaged with them. Yeah? You're just like, the, you're like the, the number one in this mathematical system. Yeah? You're always, and somehow, you're in every equation. You're in every formulation. The one. Yeah? So we're not so... What I found, what happened with me, my interest and attention seemed to be very uh, addicted to going back and thinking about what happened to me and then projecting that into what's going to happen to me. Yeah? So thoughts upon thoughts about there and then. Yeah? And it was very difficult, even if I was meditating and trying to concentrate in this present moment or on a candle flame or on my breath or on points in my body called the pasana, my attention and interest tended to go back to it was me doing it, and that as soon as the me it was felt to be me doing it, it was being it referred back to past times I was doing something else or doing this, or am I gonna be fucking meditating for the rest of my life in the future? Yeah? And my interest and attention, wherever I seem to be, which th that was sort of found by my thoughts, you know, I'd be thinking about me four years ago, and then I seem to be back there, and I seem to be in the future. In a sense, I'm not actually here as a self. Yeah. So when I think of, when my mind thinks about me in the past, it remembers me now. Yeah. You have a feeling when an action occurs through this apparatus that it's your action. You have a feeling, a sense of being the self, the thinker of the thoughts. You have a feeling of being the feeler of the feelings. You have a feeling that you're the one who's seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching, when in fact it may be consciousness is what's facilitating seeing out of the eye, hearing out of the ear, you know, the senses and everything like that, you may have nothing to do with anything, basically. Yeah. So here's my mind, it's thinking about me in the past, and if it wasn't me, if it was Stanley, I would probably wouldn't go there. My interest and attention would be freed up to sort of enrich my life today. Instead of enslaving me to this past idea of who I was, and then framing right now as that, and then projecting it into a future, I could be free to find out different things. Yeah? I may surprise myself constantly, because I wouldn't be beholden to these past ideas, and I wouldn't be enthralled or in like contraction because of a future idea. 
that I'm going to have cancer, or I'm gonna, my girlfriend's going to leave me when she's right there, or I'm not going to have any money when I have money in my pocket, or whatever it has. Yeah? So what happened with me is I, something occurred. I heard a message, which is similar to this one, which is, hey, Paul, you're not that. Yeah? You're not the meditator. Because I was looking for other meditation techniques, because I thought I was pretty adept at meditation. I was studying, I wanted to get a turbocharged meditation or something. And the person said, hey, instead of looking for another technique of meditation, why not ask who's the meditator? You know, let's turn, turn all that interest and attention back and see what you're interested in attentive to. Because if it isn't you, you may be freed from that bondage to self, to this idea of being Paul. You may have a possibility not to be free as Paul, or for Paul, or by Paul, but from Paul. And I found the freedom from Paul was exactly what I was looking for, based on the evidence of the relief that has occurred in my life, when I suddenly, or and now have stabilized in being free from the activity called Paul. Instead of being free from the doer of my thoughts, like, I'm not the freaking thinker of these thoughts. Jesus Christ. I'm not the feeler of the feelings. I'm not the doer of the actions. Yeah. That sense of ownership and being the proprietor of everything was suddenly put into question. And when I entertained, hey, I may not be that, the next thing I entertained, hey, I can be free of it. Yeah. I was attempting to become free as it for years by meditating and doing all these practices. I was basically trying to be free as this mental structure called Paul, this idea reinforced by the past and the future. I was attempting to become free as that, which is an impossibility in my experience. This is the bonding agent. The idea of being the thinker, the idea of being the feeler, the idea of being the doer is where the bonding occurs. It's not so much what the doing, it's not so much the thoughts, it's not so much the feelings, it's the being the one who's feeling, thinking, and doing. Yeah? Because the now the doing will be used to facilitate the bondage to this idea of being Paul. Every time a doing happens in this body, I believe that I did it. Yeah? Every thought, I'm the thinker, or it's about me. Every feeling is held as I'm the feeler of it. You don't see that as the bondage of self? Every freaking activity of life's basic raw expression here, seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching, has been co-opted by this mental idea, this mental process, and now it's held as I'm the seer, I'm the feeler, I'm the hearer. Yeah? All right, stop hearing now. You have a sense that you have something to do with it. You seem to have guilt and shame about your thoughts and your feelings. Well, stop hearing for a second. Yeah? Have your eyes open and just swear that you're not going to see a bird that flies by. Oh, I saw the bird. What was needed? As long as my eyes are open, I'm going to see whatever comes in front of them. There's no choice in the matter. I'm going to hear whatever is whatever sound is being provoked. There's no real choice in the matter. Yeah? As long as there's consciousness in this body, I'm going to hear, feel, taste, touch, and smell. Yeah? But if you've ever seen a dead body that you used to know as a live body, you may have had a hit that, hey, that ain't Uncle Fred after you see him in the coffin. Now you were assuming Uncle Fred was the body. Yeah, that he was the doer and the thinker because you were living under that assumption yourself. You thought you're the body. But when you see the body inert, when there's no animating principle going on, it may strike you, hey, that isn't Uncle Fred. That's just a fucking body. It's just a facilitator. It's like a hose. I was mistaking the hose for the water. But when the water's not running through it now, it looks like a freaking empty plastic tube. Yeah? It's not giving light to any... any uh, Garden, it's not watering any plants. I assumed it was the hose, but it wasn't the hose. It was the water moving through the hose. So here's this consciousness moving through a body, and we believe I'm seeing, but if this body dies, you could take my eye out and put it in a live body and it would see, yet it's not seeing when this body seems to be dead. It has the ability to see, it can facilitate seeing, but it's not what's seeing. And you're not either. 
Your idea of being Paul or Steve is not what's seen. That's an afterthought that comes after the seeing, and after the feeling, and after the tasting, and after the touching. You don't think a thought, you hear a thought. Yeah? You're the hearing of the thought, but not as Paul. Paul comes after the hearing. Paul's a thought. You didn't have it when you were a baby. You had no sense of being a someone, yet you were alive. Consciousness was seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, and touching. Love was occurring, but there was no one that was loving, and there was no one that was being loved. It was just love. Look at what happens if a little kid came in here, less than 18 months old, most, and then there's a beautiful woman with tons of plastic surgery with $50,000 worth of clothes. All your attention would probably go to the baby. It's just, it just takes over a whole room, and it has not making any effort to do so. It doesn't even know it's a person, yet there's that beauty of that innocent, virgin awareness just pumping out of that thing, you know? It doesn't, its nervous system isn't even gotten down yet, you know? But it's totally, its eyes are so freaking bright and just so piercing because there's awakeness. Something that's facilitating life is moving through it. The system hasn't set up yet, it's, 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 uh, nervous system isn't set up and its mental system is just developing and then it hits a point where it starts really developing after 18 months they say and then the sense of being a someone occurs and then the world of other appears yeah then the shit hits the fan You're never going to get freed from this, this, that hallway of shit and fans if you feel like you have something to do with the hallway of shit and fans. Yeah. <laughs> that you did something to get in there, and then you're going to have to do something to get out of there. You've never been in the hallway of shit and fans. It's just shit and fans. Yeah. Life is happening. It's not happening to you. Life is happening. The story of life's happening to you is a mental story. It's an interpretation that wasn't playing when you were a baby. We grew into it. And if we grew into it, like recovery says, hey, you grew into this state, well, you can grow out of it by maybe entertaining a simple possibility that hopefully we're humbly offering tonight. Yeah? A simple possibility. You may not be that. Yeah? If you're in recovery, if you've gone to any recovery meetings... We have so many blatant examples of it. How can you say that these thoughts are yours if you've heard so many other, many other people share them? If you've ever gone to recovery meetings, your terminal uniqueness cannot stay encased for long if you're two levels above a coconut, if you're listening. Because you're going to listen and people are going to seem to have your thoughts and your feelings and your reactions to life because they're not yours. All our thoughts and feelings and reactions are being given meaning and are being led by alcoholism. So when you go to a meeting, I don't identify with who you are. I identify with what's taking you over because the same thing took me over. Alcoholism. We've been used as transportation for quite a lot, for quite a long time for some of us. Some of us went way, way down and parked in front of institution jails and deaths. Other people didn't go that far, but it's the same direction. Yeah? One's a local to hell and the other's an express to hell. Yeah. And alcoholism has just a limited amount of traits and there's millions of people demonstrating those traits tonight. Millions of people on this planet are demonstrating the traits of a parasitical movement called alcoholism. Millions! And it's having a huge effect on family upon family upon family upon family upon... It's the spread is unfreaking believable. Most people who are dead, most a lot of people who die, it's because of alcoholism. But they don't write that on the death report. They say the liver or something. Because they drank themselves into cirrhosis. Yeah? One of my old sponsors used to go to jail. Ninety-something percent of the people in prison are there because of drugs and alcohol. Probably more, really. And like, in my experience... Every time I drank, I didn't get in trouble, but every time I got in trouble, I'd been drinking. Every fucking time. Yeah? Because alcoholism now, without the drink, it can express on one level. With the drink, can get a, it's like a fucking major production, like a summer blockbuster. 
without drinking, it's like an independent movie. You're in your own little private hell, Idaho. But then, if you drink and use, it becomes a massive blockbuster. It's like an epic. You're getting arrested, going to court, probation, divorces, people suing you. It's incredible. <laughs> and you can hear the same stories in India that you hear here. It's the same alcoholism. You don't have any integrity as a single unit. You're like a homing device device that's calling things to land and move through you. Yeah. <laughs> so stay obsessed with yourself for long. Guess what neuroses are gonna come through? <laughs> you better believe it. You're open to so many in a sense. All that's happening here is mental winds expressing themselves. Sometimes in one minute there's a compassion that you'll never... It's the quintessential essence of compassion you're having with a person. No one sees it on the street. That's a mental wind. Then you have fucking a crazy run. That's a mental wind. Yeah? How can you be a junkie and then not be a junkie? Because you were neither. Yeah? You were taken over by alcoholism and then all hell can break loose. You take it over by recovery... Things change. Just as simple as that. Yes? If you honor the recovery, it seems to be get more of it. Yeah? When you honor that insanity, it seems to get be get more of it. Yeah? I had tons of opportunities for help. I said no to all of them. Yeah? Now I try to hear other people's call for help and try to answer that. What a difference. That there was no established co- person called Paul, and there's no established person called Paul now. There's just what's taking over this opportunity. Yeah. What a freedom. From what? The bondage of self. It's not to self, it's of self. Because that would give self too much credit. It would say that self's a thing that you're bonded to. Like this chair, I, you bonded to this chair with a handcuff, let's say. But it's bondage of, which that means is an activity that you have a lot to do with. Yeah? You're in cahoots with the bondage. You're, you're devoted to the thought system. Either taking it to be about you or you're the doer of it. Yeah? That devotion to the thought system produces effects. So you put your faith in these thoughts about how bad it's going to be next year or how terrible it was in the past and everyone's out to get me, I'm never going to be loved. If you have devotion to those thoughts, your mind, your mind is going to produce anxiety now. Lots of anxiety. And that anxiety is going to cause you to look for relief. No matter how insane that relief looks, you'll override that and get loaded again. Because you want the imperative will be try to get relief. And how can you get relief from what's actually not happening? How can you get relief from imaginary situations you think you're going to be in? How are you going to get relief from imaginary systems you think you were in? How are you going to get relief other than recognizing they're not happening? How are you going to get relief? How are you going to go to a therapist that's going to work on all your problems stemming from your obsession with a, someone in, in a place called what's not happening? If I was that therapist, they would be the shortest sessions of all time. You'd pay for the, uh, the hour up front. You'd walk in. you start running all your concerns about what wasn't happening. They'd say, hey, it's not happening. And they go, but, no, it's not happening. Yeah, that's the only solution. What would happen if you got that what's driving you crazy right now isn't happening? What more would you need to do about it? Have no fear. Well, that would be a result. There would be no... You, the fear is being provoked by your thinking you're over there. Your thought is not part of you. Your thought is more of a thing that is an illusion. Yes. It plays games with you. But the important thing is, when it goes crazy, you have to manage to understand it and put a stop to it, but not fight it. You need to be friend with it. You have to make your mind into an ally in order for you to make it comfortable and you tell it what to do your heart tells it what to do not your mind have you had success with that of course have you yes wow i have and my approach is much different than that it's just to see it's not about you it, it's basically every human has different visions but yes. whatever makes them happy but the important thing is again the mind is not part of you 
You have to manage to just make it as a friend. And everything in life you need to put a limit for. If you do not put a limit, and first of all, this society we live in makes all these advertisements that you need something from outside to make your inside feel better. But in reality, you don't need nothing from outside to make yourself feel Exactly. Well, the thing you see, you have certain instinctual drives that they play on. Yeah? You need food, clothing, and shelter as a, as a seeming body. You need to be clothed, yeah, food, food, and shelter. And stuff, but not things that, you know... I know, but that's what advertising does. It expands on that predicament, and then you want it... Now you're concerned about getting your fourth house. No, well, you have to understand that it's just a game that they're trying to do, you know, feed you with things that you don't necessarily... I was a smoker for a long time, but I realized what they're doing. So, you know, it's been a week now that I'm not smoking, and I'm happy about it, yeah, good. you know, because yeah. they just feed you bullshit in the mind. And when they manage to do that, your mind plays game with yourself, your past, your future, whatever. You have to know that the mind is all the illusion. It doesn't exist. <laughs> I think that's what we're attempting to share here. But we're not worrying about the all is every illusion. We're questioning the idea of being a someone is the illusion. Well, someone is someone, whatever makes you happy from the inside, from the heart. No, 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 no. This is, the, this, this is a very simple message. It's not about what makes you happy in the heart or not. Those will happen, yes? The whole thing is that there's a structured idea that you're a someone. You're a someone. The someone who stopped smoking was the same someone who was smoking. Yeah? Yes, yeah, same person. But exactly. We all evolved. I know, I know, not, but see, this message, and then we'll stop talking, you know, until afterwards, then we'll have questions after that. But this message, it has all to do with that idea of being a person. It doesn't mean making friends with something or not. Just questioning the substantiality of the someone who would be making friends with his mind. Yeah? There's someone. That's the only thing. And then if you have questions, we'll do it after. Yeah? All right. Yeah. Because it's a very simple message. It's actually the most economical one at all, because in a sense, there's nothing that needs to be done. It's more about who seems to be the doer. Yeah? Yeah? And then let the doing take care of itself. You'll be led, definitely, but it won't be a someone that's led. The someone is the misleading point. Yeah? The someone, even the someone feeling it's being led is misleading. Because that someone, if it feels it's being led, can be misled. You're always going to be prone to the opposite, yeah? So if you feel like you've achieved something, that same mental state is going to feel, feel like it can lose it. This is about not having something, therefore never being able to lose it. It's so fucking economical, yeah? In other words, I've never, I never get to a point of achieving anything. Because if I get to that point and I claim to be the achiever, I also entertain the possibility I can lose what I have achieved. How valuable is it if it can come and go? Yes? This point is about the one who has, just like people talk about the ego, and they sort of, they have an ego, and then they, maybe they do all this work, and now they've lost the ego. But there's one commonality in both those events. There's the someone who had the ego and the someone who lost the ego. To me, that's the bonding point. Not that, not the ego, but the one who thinks they have an ego. Yeah? And the one who thinks they've lost an ego. That's the bonding. That's the feeling of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. That, to me, is the bondage of self. Yes? So the self can have a great experience... And, and then it also can be the owner of a bad experience. Yes? Just like I spoke to that guy yesterday. He thought these incredible awakenings had to happen, and now he's feeling he's different, so he thinks he's lost it. Yeah? But the only way he can feel like he lost it is that he felt like he had it. If you forego the feeling that you're a someone who had it, you will not have the experience of losing it. That's the beautiful solution. Yes? If I'm written into anything that somehow I did something to pro produce an effect, that sense of the I-ness will produce an opposite effect. Yeah? I'll be in the course of losing and then gaining, achieving, not achieving, being feeling really close, feeling far away, feeling disconnected, feeling connected. 
but they'll be the same one that feels connected and disconnected. Just like it's the same voice talking to you when you were shooting drugs, that same voice is talking now. It's critiquing before you were getting your you were getting critiqued about your drug use, you, you can't hold a you, you tweak out too much or like this, and now it's judging your performance in meditation or something else. It's the same narrative. There's a someone that's the doer. To me that's where the freedom is. Yeah. If I'm not that, it's that's that. And then you'll find out what it meant by uh, what it means, not what it meant, what it means not to be that. You'll continually find out what it means for you. Yeah? In your own life. Every event upon every event will be now be used to point out to you you're not that. Yeah? The freedom isn't like an event or something you had or something you've lost and then had again. It's a, it's a verb. It's very freeing right now. Yeah? That's the value of it. It's freeing. Now there's a lot of other ways that have validity. But this is like I'm a card salesman. Yeah? I'm not selling mackerel. I'm not selling salmon. All I have is a little stall and I'm selling cod. You can grill it, you can sushi it, you can fry it, but it's cod, yeah. And the simplicity of the message, I've always liked to stay on it because I'm not a, uh, an authority on any practices or anything like that. I think they're failed, yeah. But this I have a sense of because it's been revealed in my own life, yeah. Not by reading, but by something occurring and then finding out about what occurred by its expression. Yeah? And it always brings me back. This is why this is an introductory offer and it's always the introductory offer. Because I don't believe there's any point to move from this point. Because all the shenanigans start when there's the doer, when there's the haver, when there's the thinker, when there's the someone. Whatever that one is, it's being, it's that sense of being that someone that produces two-ness right in the midst of oneness. Yeah. And now we're trying to get the two-ness back into oneness. And you're not a person. You're a, you're an example or an expression of split mind. Yeah. A mind that's split. That now doesn't see it as only all there is is subjectivity. It sees it as a special subject. And now everything else is objectified. In that two-ness, we're, we're walking in the oneness and we're blind to it. Because we're looking with bifocals. We're not, like St. Francis says, what's looking is what you're looking for. How is it that we don't find it then? How is it that we don't find what's looking well, while it's looking for? What's looking is what I'm looking for right now. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah? But the fact is, it's seeing that's been bastardized into a form of looking called self-centeredness. When oneness got separated into me and other. Yes? And then everything was given name and form. And this was given name and form. And this you, which is a you there, a you there, a you there, this you has been crowned me. Yes? The pinnacle of selfing. Me. Everyone here in this room is looking at me as a you, but I beg to differ with you. I'm, I'm going to deny, I'm going to counter, I'm going to argue your experience, your conviction, your perception. Namaha, this is me. I'm a special you among all yous. Me. Just like when I was in a drug and alcohol program for two years. I did great there. I thrived in the institutional setting because they never wavered. They saw me as a junkie you. And all the while, I was interpreting the event as me. Yeah, This shouldn't be happening to me. I shouldn't be with these other characters. I'm far above this. Yeah? But the way I got healed was by having them impress upon me daily that you're a you, bro. You're a washed up junkie. And you need to do this and you stay in here. If you don't do it, you're going to be severely punished. Yeah? This is this message. No frills. Actually, what's so beautiful about it is 
if the problem, like you were saying, is imaginary, only time when the problem seems real, there's a need for a solution. If the problem is imaginary, and from the solution's point of view it is, then there's no need for a solution either. It's totally economical. You're pared down where you don't even have to find a place to put the solution. You don't have to have a spiritual pocket. You don't have to have vigilance. You don't even need the solution. Once you see the problem as imaginary, that's the solution. It's like that old master said, you've got a thorn in your foot, so you find a thorn, another thorn to take it out. Yeah? So in a sense, problem and solution are the same. They're from the same Petri dish. Yeah? So there's the problem, and I'm walking around. As long as I'm walking around, it bothers me. Well, as long as you're living, this will bother you. Yeah? And so I, all right, I find another thorn, and I take that thorn, and I dig the other thorn out. I don't replace the first thorn with the second thorn, do I? The thorn, the second thorn was the solution to the first thorn, but if I replace it, it's another problem, isn't it? Yeah? Even if it's a spiritual thorn, it's still going to bother me while I'm walking. Yeah? So the thorn is there, I get this other thorn, dig out, and then I throw both of them away. That's the freedom. in my humble presentation. Maybe there's a lot of variations on a lot of different senses of freedom, but this is the freedom that sounds intimate to my own experience, because this is what's happened. And, it, and the beautiful thing about it, it isn't a happening, it keeps happening. Yes? It's ever fresh, ever opened, like it, it, it never runs out, It's always alive, but it comes alive for you if you're attending it. Yeah? It's always alive, it's always there, but it will appear to be there for you. That's where its value will show in this life when you honor it. Yeah? When the obsession with self has been sort of severely weakened because you finally realize that thing the mind is obsessing over is not me. Yeah? If it finds the right calibration, that's what echoes every day for the rest of your life. That recognition is what echoes every day. You sense a presence where you were just a driving, seeking engine. Now you're chilled out with no thought or effort on your fucking part. It's just what happens. Yeah? You're not trying to get into the moment. You realize you can, can never be out of a moment. Yeah? And you're not trying to get out of what you can't be in. You're not trying to get out of self anymore because you realize you can never be one. Yeah? So everything that was asked backwards is now set straight. The horse is in front of the cart. You see blue is blue and red is red. And, this, and then you're responding in kind. Yeah? Appropriately. It seems to work for a long stretch of time. What more do you want? Yeah? You won't be a star in it, that's for sure, though. I tell you, if you're into experiences, it's much better to have an experience of surrender and then forget it, and then have to go through all the hell and hopefully be brought back to that incredible next surrender. You'll get a lot more off on it than if you were surrendered. It's almost like it just becomes a state. There's no big explosions anymore. You're not going through tons of dark nights of the soul anymore. Yeah? <laughs> it's just like very quiet, stabilized. Yeah. As some people must know. How long was the last first time you came here? First time you came here? What's happening? Exact same thing. Every talk we ever had has been about the same topic. Someone calls me up. Are you going to be talking about anything else? No. What's why? Why would you want to go to anywhere else? Until this gets clear, everything else will be murky. How could meditation be right if their feeling is just if it's reinforcing the sense of being the meditator? Yeah, well, How? it doesn't 
work for. Can everyone. you wait till after? Yeah. We'll have questions and answers. All right, because it's like cooking a souffle. Yeah, yeah, it's good to have the energy. Let it cook, and then yeah, you can talk later. And you can agree or disagree, but just do it silently for right now. All right. No problem. All right. Good. So yeah, that's the invitation. You know, simple. It's not really about debating anything. I don't find fault in anything else anyone's doing. I just found what works for me. And I've watched it work for a lot of other people. And for me, I think it's a really good answer if it's become the last one. Yeah. When it broke on me about 15 years ago, I haven't entertained any other new answers. Because this one actually follows the real definition of solution. It disappears. It's jobs done. As soon as what the problem that seems so real is seen as imaginary, there's no need for the solution. Yeah? You are it. Just like the possibility that you can seemingly express the problem, you are the solution. Right where you're sitting. You can be totally in the midst of being a perfect expression of the problem of alcoholism, and still, underlying, you are the solution. There's no thing called a solution or a problem. It finds actualization through us, doesn't it? Alcoholism you can't find in an x-ray. You can't take an x-ray and see it. You can see its effects on organs, but you can't see it, can you? It's a mental disease. So I would say, we're it. We're the possibility of either it going bad or good. Traveling light or heavy. Yeah. Having a mind very agitated or sort of able to enjoy peace of mind. You're, the, you're both. You're the possibility of both. Because you're neither. Yeah. Should have come earlier. Maybe short and sweet, bro, tonight. I like it. Um, That's what I mean. All right, any questions? You sent something, eh? Hmm? A little tickle? No? gets to be like a nuclear reactor. We were in this room the other day. There had tons of deities in it and mandalas and t- I mean they had every image of deities in the whole world in this room that we did a talk in. And it was like a nuclear reactor in there. Remember Monday? It was like the silence was so loud. For me that's uh, just like a sense of that presence, you know? The presence of aliveness. Yeah. You're like getting close to the pulse. You can sense it. All right, that's that.
Well, what I did, I heard this message like um, at a meeting like this, yeah? I was already in recovery and stuff. So, in a, I had a, uh, I thought a good understanding of the problem, though it was erroneous, it was a little off, but I didn't know that at the time. And then I heard this, I, this idea, and I entertained it. You know, like I walked around and I let it seep in, and it started to color the way I saw things, and through that I started having downloads around things, and then, uh, there was a point where the calibration just moved, let's say the stock moved from, you know, over to 51%, and then a good stabilized immunity occurred from following the dictates of the head, you know. So and then it's just been happening. It's Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was no way you would ever be able to adjust it the way where it was adjusted to because it would never come to your mind. That's the funny thing. It's more a losing of interest in other things, not gaining interest into anything. Just a whole lot of interest just comes flying back at you. And now that starts enriching your life instead of enslaving it, yeah? Because it's been freed. It's almost like this movement of spirit interest and attention that was bonded to a dead mental idea, you, you know, was freed and it just rushed out of the prison and it started paying attention and got interested in other things that it was had been enslaved to be interested about. Yeah. And that's what happened. So and what it how as a as a let's say a travel log or a travel journal, I would just say it stabilized into a form of traveling lighter where it didn't change the geography of my life, you know, things have happened to get ill, things like that, get fired, but uh, I've been able to travel life over, over all the geography of my life for like a long stretch of time, yeah, and it doesn't seem to be losing any steam. So for me, it was the last answer. I heard it and it's a while ago and I felt... Uh, Big thing that I was free from the need to be liberated, that's for sure. And then my seeking sort of stopped in certain ways, you know. I was a good spiritual practitioner before, but then I lost total interest in all that. And I found that you're like the living scripture, you know, your own life. You are what's looking, and that's what you're looking for, yeah. And all those little statements, I think they're the most sublime ones, the very short ones, may have had a lot of effect on me, because I had new eyes and new ears, you know. I've been doing the big book of AA for years, teaching a four-step workshop. And I always, and you always use chapter how it works all the time, 19 years of it. And uh, when some, my mind changed, I read that same thing I read many times, but I got all different information out of it, which was especially with the statement, a very simple statement made a big impact on me in recovery, which was self, be convinced that self manifested in various ways is what had defeated us. So it separated the two, us and self, yeah? And then the defeat, it's defeat, which is a statement manifest in all these different ways, but the defeat is already in place before the manifestations because I found that defeat is identification as a self, yeah? And then that identification manifests and that's the living defeat or the bondage of self. And it says, all right, being convinced that self manifests in all these various ways is what has defeated us, we will now look at its, meaning self's, common manifestations and the next, next paragraph starts with the word resentment. So I had been teaching inventories, and I was teaching inventories as you're going to look at your resentments, your fears, and your how you harm people in your life. And in fact, that wasn't a correct understanding because the fears and resentments and the harms were expressions of self. That's, they were manifestations of self happening in life through your identification as a self. Yeah? So to say it was my fear was already after the point of defeat. Yeah? It, you were already in the point of defeat when you were trying to get relief. because But you were kept pledging allegiance to the problem by saying these are mine. The resentments are mine. The harms were mine. 
totally forgetting the statement of powerlessness in the first part of the first step, that when you drink, you are powerless over alcohol, like you're dancing with a gorilla, you're going to stop when the gorilla wants to stop, yet your mind is still harvesting tons of guilt and shame from the behavior that happened when you were under the influence of alcohol. You still hold on to the idea you were the doer of those actions, yet the, 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 the first part of the first step is so important, it says you were powerless over alcohol, so when I got loaded, anything was gonna, could have happened. And, and it did, yeah? But still, why am I still holding as being the doer of those actions? Because the first original addiction isn't to alcoholism, alcohol, it's addiction of the mind to the idea of being a self. And in that addiction, you take yourself to be the doer. And all the evidence contrary to that is very difficult to override that format of believing you're the doer. So people in recovery, very clear in recovery, are still harvesting tons of guilt and shame about what they did under the influence. Yeah? Because the original addiction hasn't been addressed. It's still expressing itself through all the other addictions. Who's, what hook are you on in AA? You're on your own hooks. You've been convicted of crimes that you think you did. I had one that was I could never get out of. I swore years of using. If I had any money, I'd give some money to my mother. Years. It was. It made me doing incredibly insane things. It was sort of like a leavening agent. Well, when I get the money, I'm going to give it to my mother, as if that was going to make everything all right. Finally, I get the money because I got run over by a car. I get the settlement. I have to go to New York to get the first segment of the money. I cop like eight ounces of cocaine. And I drive right past my mother's hometown with like 7,000 bucks in my pocket. Did I stop and give my mother any money? No. Drove out to the Hamptons and just partied until all the money was gone, which only took five weeks. And that, I was convicted of that in my head. There was no, I could, I could have seen 800 priests, all the therapists in the world for the rest of my life. I was convicted. I was so sure that I was fucked. By doing that, they, I needed, I was gonna, I had already, I was imprisoned already here. It had to be, it had to be lifted into the court of light, which is a whole different revelation. Yeah? Not that I was a doer then and now I'm gonna be a good doer, but that I'm not the doer. Yeah? That's the only place where the real relief rushed in and hasn't left. Yeah? It's not like a tide that rushed in because I beckoned it, and then when I don't beckon it, it goes away. You're that. There's no whistling or calling it or making friends with it. None of it. You're that. It's so much more economical. So that's what was happening. It's still happening. Still go to AA. Probably go to more meetings now than I ever did. Because there's a, there's a tradition that says there's a loving God that's expressing itself through our group conscience. You can sense the presence of grace in AA. Yeah? You can. I do, at the meetings. You can get all these people individually. I'm an asshole, you're an asshole, you're an asshole. But when we get together at AA meeting, it produces like a sweet perfume. What's that? But a loving something expressing itself through our group conscience. Yeah? Yes. Uh, I kind of drank too much. Uh, what is the restroom here? Oh. Hmm? Is there a restroom around here? Yeah, yeah. Go through the back door, and as you're going towards the door you came in, there's a bathroom right there. All right. Thank you. Uh, well, that's that. Have you been traveling late, honey? Yes. Yes, yes, absolutely. There you go. Yeah. I haven't noticed. That's even better. <laughs> I haven't noted how, how, how light I'm traveling. That's really good. <laughs> You've lost interest in even traveling later. <laughs> yeah, it's a subtle shift. What? It's a subtle shift. Yes, it's a subtle shift, but it's, it's the largest space of all. It's just like that, that pause that happens and we call it recovery, you know, when there's a pause, 
That pause is like an eternal moment in time. Yeah. Only because it's bookended with time, we think it's so frivolous and it disappears so quickly. But it's infinite. Yeah. That pause is is seeing your original face. You're not of a thing. Yeah. That's you. You. There's the conscious contact, yes, and then there's a pause, and then there's the story that it's you that's in, that's in contact. The pause is is you, the real you, meeting the conscious contact. It's aware of the conscious contact. The secondary you is made up. That's the assumed you. But what you are is the pause, the awareness of the event, what's happening here of conscious contact. So when you feel a pause in your life, it's actually the real, if you want to call it, the real you is finally appearing. It's popping into your own life. You know, whoa! Yeah. That's it. That, that, it, that's exactly what it signifies. That pause is what you really are. Yeah. And then the mental process starts, first of all, claims to be the one who had the pause, and then the pause's effects get diminished severely by your claiming them. A mental idea claims the pauses and neuters it, claims the epiphanies, neuters them. It claims the, the spiritual experience and they stay just as experiences. They don't translate into states. Yeah? It, it, as soon as it pounces on it and makes it something, you lose the, 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 the awesome gift that keeps on giving, which is nothing. Nothing. Yeah. And that's what the selfing does. Its movement is to claim. And whatever it claims, it uses that to facilitate the bonding. Yeah. It claims thinking, it uses that. Doing, it uses that. Right? Feeling, it uses that. Problem, my problem, uses that. Money, my money, uses that. Yeah. As soon as the claiming occurs, whatever it is, is now can be used to facilitate the bonding of self. Yes? How could it do it? How could it bond mind to an imaginary idea? It claims everything that happens here. And it tells a story that it's either happening from you or to you. Yeah? You don't see it? It's like a heist. It's like a heist. Before you're even aware of all the rip-offs and all the paranoia and not trusting, you, you're, you're at the afterthought of the immediate rip-off. Yeah? The heist has already occurred. The biggest heist has already occurred. Now you're bitching about, oh, they, they entered my space and all like this. The biggest heist has occurred already. Yeah. So there you go. That's it. So there you go. That's it.